is Kieran with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And I'm really lucky today to have on as my guest, Sheila James. Sheila and I met about four or five years ago. Um, and at first, weren't you the activities director at a... No, I did. administrator initially. Yeah, yeah. I started out as the executive director for Vista Springs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, you know, that location had just opened up. It was it's beautiful. Um, you know, people have their own apartments. And when we look at assisted living, a lot of us think, oh, I don't want that ever to happen to me. Mm-hmm. But I remember walking through there thinking, this is not like any other assisted living. It's like a fancy hotel. Right. To spend the, you know, the rest of our life at. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I have noticed for seniors, if they don't have the funds, those beautiful places that are run like country clubs, they're not going to be able to make it there very long. And right. so they're back either living at home and maybe fending for themselves if they can, mm-hmm. or going into a lesser type facility where it's basically a nursing home for mm-hmm. people who don't even need a nursing home. Sure. So you you worked in this industry for 36 years. Correct. And it's changed a lot over the 36 years. So give us a little bit of background. Number one, why would you want to work with seniors when you were a very young adult? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I will tell you, I, uh, I kind of stumbled upon it. I was 19 years old. And uh, my husband and I were in California. He was a young Marine and I was, a, we were young parents and my neighbor introduced me to seniors. I've always liked seniors. I live next door to seniors. I kind of grew up around seniors. So there was something that I was uh, felt comfortable with being around them. So uh, ultimately at 19 years old, I went through the STNA um, nurse aid program and um, I kind of just grew into that. And I was, and here I am 55. And so I've spent that many years in the industry from a nurse aide to, oh my gosh, a unit manager to a scheduler to, um, and then I made my way through to the executive director role. And I was also um, a chief transformation officer over several uh, facilities. And I also own my own um, make it happen marketing, um, marketing company as well that works uh, primarily with seniors. So, yeah. Well, one of the things I found that was different about you than many other executive directors. You talked to your residents. You sat with your residents. You knew their families. Um, and a lot of these facilities, you don't see that, okay? Right. Maybe, you know, one of the aides who is sitting and talking to a resident, but you really took part in it. And your family became incorporated there. You, your granddaughter got an early start in seeing what life was really about. Sure. Do you think that was different because you just felt so comfortable from day one working with the senior population that, hey, they're not just part of my population. They're now my family. Yeah, I think that, that um, having a a fondness for seniors didn't hurt by any means, but I certainly think it's um, 
how you see people in general, whether they're young or they're aging or whatever it might be, you they you see their value. And what I've learned over my years is that the older you get, the less value you seem to have to society, which is so unfortunate because if you just give a senior some time, a moment of your time to engage with them, you walk away with so much more than I think I feel that I've given, given them you walk away with experiences and knowledge that you would never get in a textbook or in a classroom sitting with these folks is just, it just, it's life-changing for me. So I think that um, it was very easy to be out there on the floor with them, spending time with them. And they talk about you like you're the mayor, they love you up. So (laughs) it's good for the ego too. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I have found recently that There are a lot of seniors, and I'm not talking about the 55, the 60, the 65, but there are those who are in their late 70s and 80s who are saying, you know what, I still want to do something important in my life. Absolutely. And some of them are writing books. Some of them are going out and doing speaking engagements. Um, I know my mother was a seamstress most of her life, and after my father passed away, she decided that she was going to be a baby rocker. And so she volunteered at one of the local hospitals. And my mother did not understand drugs at all, but most of these babies she had to rock came from mothers who had been on drugs. And so so were the babies. And she learned so much about it. And I think it helped for her longevity because she wanted to be able to see these babies six months down the road, a year down the road. And she kept in touch with many of them. And so we can't discount people once they move into assisted living or independent living, because we all have abilities. One of the gentlemen that I remember meeting um, at Vista Springs when you were there, he would come down and play the piano Mm-hmm. during the dinner hour mm-hmm. and I just thought that was phenomenal I asked him one day well when are you going to eat he said don't worry there'll be food for me oh. said, but I'm entertaining you yes. know mm-hmm. um, so you had lots of things that people could do mm-hmm. but at the same time 2020 hit us hard so what was it like working in a community where families couldn't come to visit everything was locked down and you're walking around with a mask on your face and rubber gloves. And for the elderly, that had to have been a little panicky, I would think. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I would tell you um, the resilience of our seniors was unbelievable. Sometimes, believe it or not, Karen, they would talk us off the ledge. They would say, we've been through the depression. We've been through this. We'll get through that. And others, you know, I think the hardest part was them not being able to see their loved ones physically and touch them was heart wrenching. It was just, it was heartbreaking. So at the time when I was there, myself and my team, I had the best team and we kind of touched on why it's important to have the, a team that has the same mindset. We lived there. I moved in, physically moved in there and stayed there for several days at a time, as did many of my team members because we were their only connection to the outside world. Right. So, and I became, I, when I was much younger, I went to school for cosmetology. And so the hairdresser couldn't come in. So I became the hairdresser for like six weeks to three months. 
And these folks, when the real hair or the real hairdresser came back, they said, would you do my hair? We like the way you do it better. But it was just and we created experiences for them. We would have Dean Martin playing or, you know, their favorite music. And we would have a little uh, cheese and crackers. Everything was we had to step up our game to create some type of experience for these folks because everything was stripped from them. And so it was very heart-wrenching. It was hard to watch the staff. The staff was scared, as you said. Um, some were pro-vaccine, some were anti-vaccine. So you had all of that going on. And as soon as you turned on the news, there was something different than what right. you had just heard previously, right? So it was it was um, a quite a learning experience, but um, I wouldn't trade um, nothing in the world to have done it with seniors. They were amazing amazing um and that's why i i can see how um our country was built on the backs of these folks because they yes. had grit and tenacity and um they they didn't falter so it was very impressive and they supported us as much as we supported them i believe now it sounds like your facility was really into making sure that these individuals felt like they were really being taken care of and you were all part of their living experience. But a lot of places didn't do that. In fact, in a lot of places, we heard how <clears throat> within the first month or two, they were losing staff because staff either didn't like seeing the seniors getting ill or mm -hmm. some of them actually dying. Um, and so all of a sudden they were short staff. But when people heard that, well, they didn't want to go apply for those jobs. Right. And even to today, there's a lot of places that you, they just don't have the help that they need. Yeah, and I and I can um, for the organization that I'm currently working with, which is St. Joseph Senior Living in Louisville, Ohio, they have one of the best staffed, if not the best staffed organizations I've ever had an uh, opportunity to work with. And so I have to I have to say, how is that? What is it? Demographic? Is it what is it that? Um, this organization that I'm working with seems to have, uh, they have like the magic pill or whatever it is for the staffing. But what I can tell you um, as far as staffing goes from what I've seen across the board is a lot of it I think is location sometimes. And then other times I think it's um, uh, the leadership and longevity. Um, this organization, um, they're over a hundred years old and they have staff members here that's been here 10, 20, 30 That's years. Fantastic. Unbelievable. So um, again, I think it comes back to um, leadership and the, the core team. Um, and again, I think I made that statement. Once that starts to unravel, you'll see an organization not far behind because it's really those leaders that are um, bond together and have the same objective and the goal, which is providing the very best care for those that are in need of care. And I think that that's uh, kind of what separates um, uh, in this industry, um, facilities that um, have great outcomes or better outcomes than those that don't. If you, you think about it, if you have a football team and no one's listened to the coach and everyone's going off in their own direction, no one's going to win a game. Exactly. So it's, you have mm -hmm. to be on the same team with the same mentality and the same goals. So I think that that's part of it. You know, it's interesting. Um, as you know, I had a fall about nine weeks ago. And right. After being in the hospital for four days, uh, they were going to send me home, even though I could not 
move. I could not believe that. I just couldn't believe it. So luckily I understand Medicare. And I said, if I go to a rehab right now, it'll be covered. If I go home, even for five minutes, Mm -mm. I'm going to have to fight with Medicare to get in. So I went to the rehab and the guys who transported me there were absolutely wonderful. In fact, they were the, my first individuals who showed me how slowly I could roll my body to move after four days of lying on a hospital bed. And then when I got to the rehab, the exact same way, when I said, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. And they said, we're going to show you how. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to do it and I want to do it now. Right. They said, you're going to do it slowly. And if you do it slowly, you'll have discomfort. You're not going to have pain. And what I learned about this rehab, and they also have assisted living there as well. Um, their staff treated me, and not just me, everyone, like family. That's amazing. And, you know, I went in on a Friday night, so we can, usually there's not as many staff members. Mm-hmm. Um but they came in and they explained to me that where I was on the need list, which that helped me understand, hey, you may not be able to get to me as quickly as you need to get to somebody else. Wonderful communication. But I've heard other people who after a hip replacement or heart attack going to a rehab facility saying that the staff just didn't care. Right. Yeah kept saying, I'm only doing this to get a paycheck. But what you're talking about in Louisville, Ohio, number one, it's a smaller town. Mm -hmm. People probably know each other. So some of the residents are probably people that maybe they live next door to growing up. Mm -hmm. So do you think that might have a difference in mentality of, hey, we're going to keep this organization going. We're going to keep it strong. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I, I've always believed, um, and I would. that's why I would tell in any um, organization that I was part of, get to know your staff, get to know your, your residents or your patients, because once you know someone, you take better care of them. You know, if uh, you get to know um, you, for example, you, you know, you're my dear friend. I know if I hear something's going on, how are you doing? Is there anything you need? What can I do to help you? It doesn't change when you get into a, a community such as this. Um, I think ha- being a neighbor or having someone say, you know, um, the Louisville fire chief's mom was here and he just went on and on about it. I think it does have something to do with community and some of that small town feel. I think that, but I do think that some of the things that we're doing here can happen in larger um, cities and larger communities if people are open to changing their mindset a little bit to looking at what's not working and and embracing some change I think that and at the end ultimately it's better for the the patient the resident the staff the staff feels appreciated when people feel appreciated they do more oh, when residents absolutely. and patients feel cared about they complain less it's just natural so I think all of those things are, it's, um, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I guess it's, um, you want to, you have to want to create that environment. And I've always, always told my teens, no matter where I'm at, 
my desire is to leave you better than I found you. And if we can't leave someone better than we find, find them, then at minimum, leave them alone. Don't get involved because this is not a game. These are people's lives we're dealing exactly. with. So that I think, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Being in a smaller environment and small town, I think that certainly does help to some degree. Well, and because so many of these facilities are in communities. Mm -hmm. So for instance, um, I live in Sagamore Hills. We have two right next door to us. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that was part of what I saw going in there too. They're mm -hmm. a community, okay? Most of their staff either lives in the community or they're not far from there. Um, right. So they have this rapport with the, those of us who are there. Sure. Um, and I told them I lived across the street. It was like, oh, I've been through that subdivision. Oh, I love it. And it's like, now you feel at home. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's a mentality that we all need. I, but I think sometimes what happens is some of these are being bought up by large corporations. Mm -hmm. And when they're bought up by a large corporation, the information doesn't trickle down the way it should. And it certainly doesn't go doesn't. up the ladder the way it should. You're right. I always say the view from 11,000 feet is very different. <laughs> very I'm different. Sure. I'm sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you now are doing consulting work. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm excited about that because that means that you can help numerous companies better themselves. Sure. Um, yeah. So what is it like now that you can, you know, work from your own office? You're, I don't know if you make your own hours, but I would assume to some degree, how does mm -hmm. it make you feel now? Do you feel more empowered to help more people or you trying to lay it back and say, Hey, I've, I've done most of my job. Um, well, I don't, um, I think um, the part about doing some consulting or um, just helping folks is that's when you have more control of the outcome, then um, I don't know, it, it feels different. It feels like uh, one, um, I'm going to tell you what I can do. And it's entirely up to you if it fits within what you're looking for. And so you have full control of saying, yes, we would love to have you um, do X, Y, and Z for us, or no, that doesn't fit. And I'm 100% okay with that. What I like about it is I control who I engage with as well. And if if it doesn't align with my philosophy, my, my work ethics, my integrity, and ultimately why I do what I do, which is always to make sure any senior that I engage with, whether it's finding them a place to live or, or helping them with a to the dining room, I want to make sure they get the best experience possible. And as long as my name is attached to that, I won't compromise. So I think that's the biggest part is I can control who and what and where I engage with people. And if they are down for the cause, so to speak, of caring for folks, I'm there with you. If not, then that's okay too. I just can't be, you know, a part of that. So that, I think that's the greatest part when, um, uh, and, you know, ultimately um, with the organization in California, they, I talk to them a couple times a week in the evenings because their hours are different. So sure. I'll talk to them at eight or nine o'clock on a Wednesday night and Saturdays with them. And um, they have, they've had such great success and um, they are so appreciative. And uh, what I've heard most is that um, you, 
my mentality, my thought process is different than a lot of folks because I believe you put care before cost, care before the beds will fill, the people will come as long as you've taken care of the folks that you have at hand right now. And I've seen it time and time again. So it works. You know, when I first met you, um, I knew you were different than almost anybody else in the industry because right from the beginning, you showed that you cared. Uh, I came in to do a podcast with you, but you had residents that needed assistance. You could have said, hey, you know, I'll find somebody to help you, but they came to you. Mm -hmm. So you at least took the lead and either took care of them or walked them over to somebody else. Sure. And I just thought, usually you don't see that in companies. You know, whoever is the head administrator, executive director, it's usually, oh, if you go out there, I'll have somebody come see you and you show up, they may not. But you made sure that whatever their issue was, it was being taken care of. And this wasn't just one time. It was on several occasions. And um, I just really appreciated that. Even though it took up some of my time, yes, I could still sit back and say, if I was that resident, I would be ecstatic right now because you didn't ignore me. And I'm paying to live here and I'm paying for the services. And, you know, and I don't even know and I don't even care what their issues were. The fact that you saw that if they asked for help, you were going to make sure they got it. Do you think that this industry, because it's grown so much, um, that a lot of them, and this is what I've seen personally, that a lot of them, uh, they're not even sure who they're hiring anymore. You know, they're, mm-hmm. uh, I have a friend who's been in the business for a very long time. And um, in the past couple of years, she's been hired and then let go at the end of 90 days because she couldn't fill their senses. And wow. she go, but, you know, this was right after COVID too. Right, right. And I remember she said, I can't manufacture it. I have all these leads, but mm-hmm. people are afraid to yes. come in because what if we go through this again and they can't see family? Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? Did you yeah. see a lot of people leaving or people afraid to move in? Um, I saw both. Uh, a lot of folks, no one moved out really. But what I did see is I think you kind of um, hit the nail on the head where, and I hate hearing when you said about uh, your friend that was hired and then let go after 90 days, she couldn't fill her senses. Here's the, here's the misconception. It is not the marketing person's job to fill the building solo by him or herself. Ultimately, we as marketing people or business development people are ultimately, we're tour guides. We are just showing you what this business or organization has to offer. Now, if once you come in and you like what you see and you purchase, you sign the agreement, it is the internal folks that have to deliver those services. So it's not fair to a marketing person or a business development person to carry the weight of the overall census of an organization, because there's so many layers that 
as to why census is up and down. One, COVID, of course, kept people at home, fearful, um, and even outside of COVID. Um, it's uh, people, what's your reputation in the community? What is your star rating? What are people saying about you? What are the professionals saying? What's the hospital saying about you? If those all aren't in a line with your brand promise, then that falls back on the CEOs, the owners, the administrators, the directors of nursings that absolutely has nothing to do with our marketing person that's going out trying to sell a product that is not what we're selling. So again, I'm sorry to hear that about your friend because shame on whomever did that, but census is a, a group effort. And again, it's collaboration teamwork, understanding what's going on. If the census is low at the hospital, then the census is going to trickle down and be low in other facilities. If you're, if you've had a, some bad reviews and poor customer service, where does you tell me, Karen, where does, where do people go to look for reviews and do they, where do they go to say, am I going to stay at this hotel? Am I going on vacation here? Am I going to this restaurant? Where do people go? Well, they, they go, go on the reviews. internet to see what people Absolutely. are saying. Absolutely. So that does not, we are, this industry is no different. And I'm, and in my opinion, should be held higher than an experience at a restaurant. We're, oh, absolutely. we're caring for folks. So we need to be on our game, delivering those services. And when we do drop the ball, which we do because we're human, our service recovery needs to be way above our service, right? I love so that. all of that ties into why senses sometimes aren't where they need to be. I don't know if that. No, that answers it. And, you know, I, you know and I always thought that too, because um, I know where my mother lived, everything was tied together. Mm -hmm. um, and it happens that my cousin happens to be the CEO, but even before she moved into that position, mm -hmm. it was like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody didn't show up in food services mm -hmm. uh, and we needed some, they needed somebody else to put the food out on the table. Sometimes even family members who were there just volunteered because yeah. they knew that, Hey, if I wasn't here, my parent needed to be fed. Yeah. I would want somebody else to join in. Sure. Um, the receptionist would say, you know, instead of me leaving at five today, Hey, you know, I'll walk this person you know, to the other side of the building. Absolutely. To me, I knew that my mom was getting the best care, even though she was independent. Mm -hmm. but when she needed something, she mm -hmm. got it. Right. And that's what I saw um, when I came to visit you. But now as a consultant, um, you said that you can pick and choose who you work with because right. you need to be on the same page with them or at least understand their differences enough to be able to say, hey, I can accept that. Sure. Um, but what about the places that you don't think you can help? Is there any uh, committee or body out there that oversees facilities that they can get the help that they might need? Sure. And sometimes I mean you don't know what you need until somebody walks in and explains it to you. Sure. I think, uh, um, well, there's always the ombudsman that they can all, all facilities have access to, and they're a great resource. And then 
um, any facility that is licensed in the state of Ohio will have a state survey. So you have surveyors that will come in and they will, again, that's where you get your ratings through um, CMS, um, the Center for Medicare, Medicaid. Um, so if you have resources, and then we also, there's a group called Northeastern Ohio Care Coalition. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but I can also send you that information and we can get that out to folks. Um, that's a great organization that's really, I'm, I'm part of the board. We really work hard on trying to um, work with hospitals, assisted livings, independent living, skilled facilities on all of these, um, what we consider after COVID crisis things that kind of continue to carry on. Right. Um, so there are resources out there. Again, uh, Karen, but I think it has to start with the willingness to want to change and the willingness to say, okay, my way is not working. I'm going to be open to listening to someone else. And it can't be our egos have to be put away. And I think Absolutely. sometimes egos get in the way and say, well, if it's not my way, then, then I failed. And I don't look at it like that. I know what I'm good at. And I also know what I'm not good at. And I think it's important to know what you're not good at. And you find folks to collaborate with so you can still deliver your promise. Yeah. And that's important no matter where you work, no matter what your age Absolutely. is. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how you put that because my son's been living in Texas since December mm -hmm. and where he's working, they love him galore. He had emergencies, um, gallbladder surgery. He was out for almost six weeks. Um, he went back really before he was totally healed. But this company totally understands and it was like hey you know don't go lifting those boxes we'll find somebody else to do it mm -hmm. we need you healthy we need you the way you need to be and he now has become a spokesman within the company oh when you know when he sees somebody who's either having a bad day or whatever okay you know not necessarily to go up and say you know what's going on but maybe don't you know, find something in the office that would cheer them up and they'll bring it over to their desk and they'll say, yeah. um, you know, I was thinking of you today. And sometimes just those little things make a difference. But what he was hired to do, he's doing so much more than that. Mm -hmm. um, but there are certain things that they have asked him to do. And he has said, I'm willing to learn it. But I'm going to tell you, if you put it on my plate now, it won't be good. So right. you have a choice. Mm -hmm. I'll do it and I'll do it at my best, but it's something I really don't know. And sometimes I'll say, Hey, that's okay. Let's experiment. Yeah. And other yeah. times they'll say, you know, thanks for telling us we're going to ask somebody else to do it. I didn't see a lot of that during my business life outside of what I'm doing now. Right. Because I do now pick and choose, like you said, if I'm willing to learn about you, but you need to understand what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to take those resources, then maybe this isn't where I need to be right now. Sure. And it's hard because you and I are both in business and our business depends on having clients. And sure. if those clients don't come through, um, we're probably doing something other than what we love. Right but you are doing what you love and that is terrific. So you are, not, you are an entrepreneur. You just came back from a vacation. 
I did. Tell me truthfully, were you working on vacation? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know, I'm going to be honest, I've taken my laptop every time I've gone on vacation. My family and I went to um, Puerto Rico in March and I had my my laptop and things there as well. But here's the thing, it never, I don't, it doesn't interfere with my family. It doesn't interfere and I don't feel torn. It's, I think that's when things start to happen. When you feel the pressure to, you can't go to dinner with your girlfriends because the phone's ringing all the time or you can't go catch a movie because you can't be, in, within two hours, you can't get two hours to watch a movie. I think that there's a difference between, and if I make a commitment to you, I don't care if I'm on vacation. My commitment was I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to follow through. And again, it uh, I do, it doesn't leave me feeling um, like I've been slighted or anything of that nature. But yes, Karen, I do take my laptop with me everywhere <laughs> I go, my friend. <laughs> well, and I'm sharing that for one important reason. And that is, you know, so many people look at us and they say, well, you're working from home. So, you know, yeah, I'm sure... Karen, when you're not recording, uh, maybe you're binge watching something. You know what? Maybe I am, but that doesn't mean that I'm not working later in the day. It doesn't mean, like I right. said, um, I'm going away for the weekend uh, and I have a commitment to either record or do a coaching session. Mm-hmm. If I made that commitment, I too am going to do it. Working from home can be both a blessing and a curse. Because when you're working from home, you're dependent on you doing the work. Yes. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. you. You know, it was funny when we were just get back from our uh, our annual trip to Myrtle Beach. Um, it was a large group and our family was there. My daughter-in-law and everyone was there. But my daughter is an entrepreneur. My son is as well. And they both own several companies together. And then they do things individually. And at various times, there would be three laptops out. Mine, yeah. my daughter would be on hers with a call. My son would be outside on a call with one of his properties. So it's just something that comes natural. And we learn to flow with that. Um, I think... Um, I think there's something to be said about self-care though. It's important that you have standing times that belong to you, your immediate family. And that's, that's just a given, you know, you have to uh, have time to whatever it is to decompress and those, you have to set boundaries for yourself. The one thing I've learned in this industry, if I don't set the tone and the boundaries for myself, somebody else will. And it's not that there are, they don't care, but, they don't know what I have going on. So if I'm always appear to be available, then I'm available. And I tell my staff the same thing. If you're on your lunch break, go take your lunch break in the break room or in your car, never take your break. If I walk down the hall and you're sitting in the hallway, I'm going to assume you're available to me. Now you may be on a break, but what our customers see is that you're out here and you're available. So you are entitled to that time to yourself so that you can come back as your best version of yourself. So it's a fine balance and it's important. And that's another thing here at St. Joseph's that um, the autonomy that is afforded to the leadership team here to do their job, do it well, be engaged, be involved, but they are very respectful, mindful of your your, uh, personal time. Well, and you know, it's taken me a long time to do it for myself. I would Mm -hmm. preach it. But then it would come to me and it would be like, no, I'm, I have to be up till midnight writing something. And it's like, right. 
Do I really have to? And so in the last month, um, I created some big boundaries. Good and for I've you. Had, and I've had a couple of people who have been very upset with me. And my comment was, I need this for me if I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody else. I know that, you know, you may like calling me at seven o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night. And I've taken those calls in the past, but I'm taking time away from me, my husband, other family obligations. Um, and one obligation, and, you know, I love sharing it now is that because my son is in Texas, uh, when he gets off of work, it's an hour difference from here. So he gets off at six o'clock our time, five o'clock his. He loves to just call and chat with me. Uh, and, that's awesome. I used, and I used to record my last show would be at six o'clock. And I've taken that off the table. Okay. Good. My last recording or coaching session is five o'clock. Because when he calls me in his car, I want to be able to talk to him, even if I only talk to him for two or three minutes. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, that is important to me. Um, and I've had some people say, well, can he call you an hour later? Well, you know what? When he gets home, mom is out of mind. Okay. Yes. Driving, he can talk to me. He has nothing else to do. And, and I've I think accepted that. I, that. Think, I think you're his go-to to decompress yes. and get, you know, to spend uh to share his day and his thoughts with without any judgment or you're just his that you're his safe place your sound yeah. board so um i think that any customers or clients that would not cheer you on for that they're not meant for you anyway well, and that's how i look at that you know because you get a better version of you absolutely when absolutely. it is our time to spend with you we get the best version of you so why would we're cutting ourselves short not to celebrate that for you exactly and you get to spend a lot of time with your two grandkids. I so do. Let's yes, go I on do. a personal note. Your granddaughter is like growing like a weed. She is. She'll be nine in September. And we're going to Disney for her birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my little grandson, he just turned two in April. And he's just the sweetest little cutie pie ever. So you get to spend time with them, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, you're not putting in those long hours every single day on the road right. and you're doing what you love to do and what you're good at. And, you know, I think that, um, everyone gets the, like you said, gets the best version of you. And I was just going to say you, I wasn't going to bring up any boundaries, but you did. And you could tell because you look fantastic. Well, I think you, you look the best you've looked since in a long, since I've seen you look absolutely fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I made a decision a little over a year ago when my son was moving from one job to another. Um, and that was that I needed to be me. I had been mom for so long that I wasn't taking care of me. And so it was funny when he officially moved to Texas in December, he kept saying, mom, you're not going to be able to handle it because you're going to have empty nest syndrome. And I did for two days oh. on day three, because he was calling me on his way home from work. Uh -huh. It went away. Right. And he knew that other than that half hour or so that I might, I might be on the phone with him, 
there was now time to take care of me. Sure. And could I have done that while he was still living here? Probably. But that was the mother in me that felt, you know, I had to be 24 seven. Of course. And so once you start realizing that you may not need much more than a few minutes at a time someday, Mm -hmm. some days it might be longer. Right. But if you can come back being better for yourself and everyone else, that's why I do the show. Avoid yes. the maze, avoid getting stuck. And if you get stuck, look around. There's another direction to go in. You got that right, my friend. Absolutely. So tell everybody the name of your company, how they can find you so that if they're looking to uh, have a consultation or have you come in and review things. Mm-hmm. How do they well, find you? Sure. Um, absolutely. My company's name is Make It Happen Marketing. And my contact information is mhm4u at rocketmail.com. And my phone number is 330-354-8185. And they can get a hold of me um, through any of those avenues. And I'd be glad to help them any way that I can. And I, I would be uh, amiss if I did mention how awesome my, um, my job here at St. Joseph Senior Living is. Um, there again in Louisville, Ohio, they offer skilled. We just became a preferred provider for Cleveland Clinic. So that's a big deal. They're a five-star short-term rehab, 19 private um, suites, beautiful, absolutely stunning facility. They offer assisted living, independent living, memory care, and long-term care. So it's a campus of continuum care. And they really, um, um, it's a wonderful organization. I'm very proud to say I'm a part of that as well. Well, you're doing a lot. You look very happy and healthy and uh, we'll have to do this again soon. I would love that. And we have to catch up because I'm going to need some of your coaching. Okay. I'm available. All right, my friend. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Karen. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.